0: Block Talk Radio And all who are thirsty And all who are weak, Come to the fountain And if you have You're
1: Welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. We're just taking some time to worship the Lord, give Him all the rightful praise that's due His name. You know, if you need to call in, the call in number is 619-638-8458. Or you can always check us out on the website. We're at www.prayerinternational.org. We also have some uh, devotionals up on blogger.com, you can check us out obviously on Blog Talk Radio, which if you're listening to us, you've already found us there. And we've got some YouTube videos, some different things up for you to check out and to just encourage you in the Lord. You know, just help your spiritual growth. Uh, Throughout this year, we'll be adding some things to that to kind of take in things in a different direction.
2: So, just want to prepare you and let you know All right, well, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we just give you praise, Lord. We thank
1: you for all your goodness. We thank you for everything that you've done, Lord, everything that you're doing and everything that you're going to do. Father, right now we just ask, Lord God, that you would help us to encounter you in a genuine way, Father. Help us to get to know you, the living God, Father, we don't want religion. We don't want tradition. We don't want people's ideas and opinions. But, Father, we want to know you. We want to know what your plans and opinions are, what your ideas are. Lord, give us those God ideas. Begin to put those things in our spirits, in our minds, in our hearts.
2: We just give you the praise. We just give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, you know, we we're listening to that song, Better Is One Day.
1: And basically, the song goes like this, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. That's actually comes out of the book of Psalms, and we'll get into that. Maybe I'll, I'll read it,
2: but I just want to talk about it briefly. but one of the heart cries of David. You know, we
1: always talk about David being that man after God's heart. We're also reminded that he was one of the prophets, one of the kings, one of the priests, one of the people of God
2: who at some point in his life really, I guess, didn't exercise his self-control. He didn't
1: necessarily keep honorable to the covenants of his God. And as a result, it cost him. He suffered
2: greatly because of things in his life, things that he did, things that he chose.
1: And as do all of us. Many times our choices and things that we go through in life bring us to a
2: certain place. And you know,
1: that can be good and bad. I mean, the Word says, what the Bible says, is that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Which means everything, good, bad, and ugly, whatever forms or fashions your life, if you'll begin to take steps towards God, if you'll begin to move towards the Lord, if you'll begin to go in His direction... From whatever point of reference you're in, whatever circumstance you're in, whatever place you're in
2: in life, you'll begin to make a move towards God. Listen. God can take your mistakes and he can turn them into miracles. God can take your mess and he can turn it into a message. You know, it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. The the Bible
1: itself says that God takes ash heaps, wasted cities, ruined cities, desert places, deserts. And in the desert, he brings a flood and and a spring springs up and it waters the land. It refreshes the land. It brings water in the desert. That's what our God does. In an impossible situation, he's the God that speaks. and and encourages us to speak into those situations
2: and he can turn it around she said with man there's a lot of impossibilities there's many things that are impossible for man to achieve for man to do for man to have in his station in life you could say but with God
1: all things are possible see he he doesn't have any he's not limited to the same capacity that you're limited to, but see a lot of times the reason we're functioning in such a small capacity is because we limit our thinking, we limit our mind. The Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart, so he is, so is he however whatever version you're reading, it may be termed a little bit different. But the the gist is this: whatever you're meditating on, whatever you're thinking on, whatever you set your mind on, whatever becomes the absorption of your time and your attention and your focus, eventually works itself into your life and, and causes the produce or what's produced out of your life. The product of your life
2: is a reflection. The product of your life is determined by what comes into your life. Whatever kind of seed you put into the ground
1: is going to cause a different fruit or a different tree or a different plant, shrub, vegetable, whatever it is, to grow whatever seeds you're allowing to come into your life as they're deposited into the soil of your heart, they're going to begin to grow if they're cultivated. See, anytime you plant a seed, if you don't nurture it and nourish it and take care of it and cultivate it, feed it properly and give it the right light and keep the pests off of it, listen, if you don't put it in the right conditions, it doesn't grow properly or
2: it may not grow at all. In fact, its life may be stunted or even taken away, just like when Jesus cursed that fig tree. And so whatever seed
1: that you're planting into your life, it's going to produce some type of a harvest. It's going to
2: produce something in your life, through your life, for your life. why the bible tells us to guard our hearts for out of them flow the issues of life guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of life why
1: because whatever you're thinking
2: in your heart
1: it's what you're going to become it's what's going to become of you it's what's going to come into your life It's going going to
2: come through your life into others' lives. And so we have to be guarded. We have to be
1: careful. So David says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper, and I'm shifting gears for a minute here because this is all going to tie together. But listen, being a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. I'd rather, he says, here, this is coming from the lips of a king now, mind you. The, the lips of a captain, a general of armies.
2: From the lips of a prophet, from the lips of a very, very, very wealthy man. Who could have had anything that
1: he set his heart on. God would have given it to him, even if it wasn't for his benefit. God would have allowed him to have it. And, and We can see that through his life he reaped the consequences later. Listen, it's got to be the heartbeat of your life. It's got to be a passion in your heart. It's got to be the cry that's on the inside of you, Lord. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. I'd rather be an usher. I'd rather be a greeter in church. Basically, we can equate this to I'd rather be a greeter in the church the guy that stands there passing out the flyers to everybody there, the bulletins that come, to the people that come through the door.
2: I get more pleasure out of passing out bulletins or greeting somebody at the door, Lord, than to carry
1: on and, and to feast and, and to, to partake and to be a part of it with a world that's apart from you, with a world that's void of you. Whatever they're doing, it cannot compare to the, the place of
2: humility as being a greeter, as being a handshaker, as being a what do you call it? A bulletin presenter. Whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to term it. Let's do you do you get the picture? Because see even the least in the kingdom. Is greater than anybody, is greater than
1: anything, is greater than whatever can come your way, or whoever,
2: or wherever, or whatever this life is to so you. Listen, the least in the, in the kingdom is greater. Did you know that Jesus said that the least in his kingdom were greater than
1: John the Baptist? And I know we need to get into the Bible, and believe me, I love to read the Word, but sometimes I just like to talk from my heart. See, that's why the Bible tells us to hide His Word in our hearts. See, because from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if you'll begin to hide His Word in your
2: heart, if you'll begin to set your heart, meditate on His Word, then whenever you open your mouth, listen, what's going to
1: pour out of you are the words of life. whatever you put into you is going to come out of you or through you. And it's just basic, simple arithmetic. One plus one equals two. You put water and dirt together, it it makes mud. You put enough of sand in the water, it can make concrete. And listen, if you begin to let the, the muck of the world and the pollution of this system and the the junk that's out there begin to mix with the living water of the living God that's in your life, eventually it becomes dirty water. Eventually it becomes polluted. Eventually it becomes mud. Eventually it becomes hardened like concrete. And if you ever tried to mix water and concrete together or pour water through something
2: that's total concrete and sealed, it doesn't pass through. That's why God says, don't harden your hearts. Listen, sin will harden you. The pressures of life, the things of the world, will harden you. That's why we have to be very cautious. Very cautious. What comes in?
1: You know, I'm just talking tonight, like I said, just sharing just what I believe. I believe the Lord really wants to guard our hearts this season because he's got so much in store for us. He's got so many things prepared and planned for us. But listen, unless you're rowing in, unless you're moving into the things
2: of God, unless you're headed towards the the direction of God. Listen, there, there's a point in time where the blessings fade. You know, I I've, I've hear people use this term,
1: the season ended, the season wore off, the season was past. And listen, everything's got an expiration date. God does things in times and seasons. And there's opportunities and moments in life where you have to seize the moment. And you have to go after the things of God. It's kind of like if you've ever surfed a wave and you're waiting for that wave to break
2: and you're just waiting there, waiting there, waiting there, waiting there, waiting there for it to come out. So you paddle out there and you just wait
1: for that moment and you know, hey, it's coming. Here it comes. I can feel it. I can see it. It's coming. It's not here yet, but it's on the way. So you position yourself. You have to get ready. You have to position
2: yourself a certain way. So when you get up on that board and you start to move,
1: you can ride that tunnel. You can just ride that sucker.
2: And listen, if you position yourself properly and you learn to wait on the Lord
1: and you begin to discern the times and the seasons that you're in and you wait on the Lord for that breaking opportunity, where you can ride the wind and the, and the the wave of the spirit, you can begin to catch the flow of God. Listen, it's like if you're riding down the road.
2: And when I was a kid, we used to do this. I don't know what
1: made me think this, but
2: used to when we passed eighteen wheelers,
1: and sometimes, uh, you know, when a when a truck would pass you, the 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 force of the truck, the 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 airflow of the truck would just kind of pull you. One way or another. And so whenever I was a kid, you know, I, or a teenager, I used to, you know, get up next to 18 wheelers. And whenever they'd pass me, you know, I'd, I'd throw it in neutral or whatever. I'd, so I'd just kind of float down and just kind of ride that, you know, thing where I was sitting there wasting my gas. It was like I was being kind of pulled along with the current. I know that's probably a stupid example, but my point is is that it's it's like a sailboat, okay? The wind's blowing. But unless you put up that sail and you direct that sail a certain way, it can't catch, the wind can't catch the sail enough to push the boat in a certain direction. Listen, when the Spirit of God begins to move in a region or in a family or in a household or on an individual, or the Spirit of God begins to move in a certain situation, we need to so position ourselves and so guard our hearts And so
2: prepare ourselves to the point where we're sensitive enough when he comes. When we're ready and yielded so when he comes we can ride it into our destiny. We
1: can move ahead into the perfect plans, the purposes of God that he has for us. You know, I believe that you know, we could coast along in life and just say, Yeah, God's sovereign and whatever happens, happens. But I believe we could also be very discerning and very keen and very in tune with what God's speaking and doing and thinking and saying concerning our lives and our families and the people around us, that we become more strategic. We become more thoughtful. So whenever we do something, it's not just for the sake of doing something, but it's it's got a purpose in mind.
2: It's it's pointing towards a common goal or a common good. You know, we still have to come to a place where we trust the Lord in everything that we do. And we don't
1: try to, you know, make everything so canned and make everything so figured out. Because a lot of times we can make all kinds of plans and all kinds of things we can drum up in our minds that we want to do or think this is going to work or whatever. Deal, we come up with this is the thing that's going to get us through our season, or whatever it is. This is the thing that's going to make me happier. This is the thing that is going to bring a sense of accomplishment in my whatever it is. And if God's not in it, if it's not really fit and formed and fashioned for
2: God's purposes, He can throw a wrench right in the program and send you in a whole different direction so that he can bring his goodness and his purpose into your life
1: and cause you to apprehend and and get a hold of those things that he purposed for you, those things that he planned for you ahead of time that you never would have gotten had God not derailed you or detoured you or put you on a path that led you into a blessing that you never would have saw
2: coming had you not been in that situation or circumstance. You know, my wife and I are going through a situation right now where, and that's
1: I should say right now, but honestly, it's been an ongoing thing, and we've just been through a season the last couple of years, honestly, where things were going really well for us, and then it's like we just hit a brick wall financially. We hit a brick wall relationally with people in our lives and, and different things that we thought were going to happen a certain way, and they did not happen that way, or we thought things were going to go a certain way, and it did not go that way. And as a result, you know, we had to roll with a lot of punches and go through a lot of things, and, and, you know, sometimes we go through seasons in our life where the Lord allows us to get kind of stripped down, and and things are removed from our lives, and we go through some stuff to kind of bring us a fresh perspective. But in the midst of all these things, we, we were so caught up trying to just get by, trying to make it, try to figure things out, and that we neglected different aspects of of what was going on in our lives one of those things my wife was going through a, some dental issues uh that have been kind of reoccurring or, or she's going through and we would get in such dire straits with our situation that really you know our finances we we didn't really put it that way well to say the least progressively things got worse
2: and you know we ended
1: up in a situation where we just needed some help. We couldn't figure out we had no answers and You know the Lord gave us this idea, and we kind of put it out there and before you know it, God's people started pulling for us, praying for us, encouraging us, speaking into our lives, and above and beyond that started sowing and blessing into our lives where actually we're we're in one of the the craziest seasons that we've ever walked through in our life probably since we've been married as far as circumstances and finances and different things. But right now we're also going through one of the most blessed times seeing God's people come together and pull for us and seeing people reach out and go above and beyond what they could do. We're actually putting some hands and feet to their prayers and showing some love, showing some Kindness or some random act of, of goodness into our lives. And you know, sometimes it's hard to receive. You know, sometimes when you're used to pouring out and giving and doing for people and you kind of just go through this life just thinking, hey, I'm, I'm supposed to just be a servant and kind of do my thing and bless people and do my deal and do God's deal, really, that you never really think about you being on the receiving end or, or you know, you being on the blessing end and You're just kind of used to giving out and pouring out and just doing like you did. Well, you know, sometimes God can use certain things to just turn and and draw us and and humble us and really just bring us to a place of total surrender. And you know, when God put us in a position this season where we had to humble ourselves and kind of swallow our pride and do things differently and, and. You know, just shift job-wise, career-wise, shift direction-wise, shift relationally-wise. You know, just all these different shifts and changes in our lives that we weren't used to. But honestly, it kind of brought us into a place where we started seeing the hand of God really pulling for us in some other areas. That maybe he was pulling for us before in some places, but we were just so caught up we didn't notice. But actually, I think more like we're entering and we've entered into this season where God says, look, I'm bringing covenant people together. I'm, I'm causing people to do it for others. And like I said, it's one thing when you know, hey, I'm going to bless this person. I'm going to do this or do that. But it's another thing when God turns it around and all of a sudden people are coming to you saying, hey, we want to bless you. Hey, we want to do something for you. Hey, we want to pour back into your life or we want to do this. Or, hey, I know you don't even know me, but. I feel like the Lord told me blah, blah, blah. I feel like the Lord told me to do this, or whatever the case is. And you know, God uses those little things, which aren't really little things. They're actually huge things. And God uses those people. Some of them you may know. Some of them you may not. But if you'll be faithful to God, and you'll be sensitive to your season, and you'll begin to seek the living God for his ways and his plans, And you don't try to put it in such a box that you try to figure out, hey, this is the way God's going to bless me because it may come from a place where you have no clue it's coming.
2: But part of this is all about a walk of faith. And part of this deal is about trusting God and putting
1: down our plans and what we think and the way we think it's going to go and how we think things are. And humbling ourselves, bowing our knees to all of that and saying, Lord,
2: not my will, but your will be done. Lord, I'd rather be a greeter in church than to have all the pressure I
1: had when I was handling all those different businesses or or doing all these other things, but there was so much pressure in my life, no peace, no joy, no happiness in my life because I didn't have your presence, but I'd rather have your presence, Lord, and be a greeter in the church
2: than for me to not have your presence and have all those other things that the world has to offer. Because look, it's their first
1: season, but it can be stripped away from you in a
2: heartbeat. But see, whatever
1: God deposits into your life, even though you may lose it in this life, you'll get an exceeding great reward. An exceeding great reward is coming your way if you won't faint, if you won't draw back. Whenever you get weary, whenever you feel like giving up, listen, keep pressing in towards God. Trust me, there's been seasons and days and weeks and months in my life where I just wanted to throw my hands up and say, God, I can't take it anymore. I don't know what to do. Nothing seems to work. I don't know which direction you're trying, you know, where you're just not sure. And those are the times when you really need to just press in and pray
2: and wait on the Lord and just trust Him that He's got this. That He's got this. So I know I was going to get into the Word tonight. Honestly, I haven't even opened up my Bible since I've been talking. But you know, God's a good God.
1: Let's get into the Psalms. I want to close with this.
2: Let's do this one. Let's go to Psalm 27. All right,
1: here we go. There's 14 verses. Here we go, Psalm 27. It says, The Lord is my life my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid, it says. The Lord is the strength of my life, and of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked
2: came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp
1: against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this will I be confident. Think about this. He's saying, look, God's my light. God's my salvation. God's the strength of my life. Who do I need to be afraid of? Who shall I fear? He's saying, look, when the wicked come against me, my foes. My enemies, with all these coming and camping against me, basically saying when the wars rise up against me, I'm going, be
2: one, I'm going to be confident in one thing. There's one thing that I'm going to be confident. Verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I see.
1: Listen, you need to get to a place where there's one thing in your life that matters. You need to get into a place where there's one thing that really and don't mis don't don't misinterpret what I'm saying. We're gonna have desires. If you're married, you're gonna have a desire for your spouse. If you you're a parent, you're gonna have a desire for your children. If you're a child, you're gonna have a desire for your parents. There's there's people in your life where God gives you desires to to want to please and to do for and to do things that and where the people bring pleasure into your life. Listen, and that's normal. That's relational. That's the way God created it. But what I'm saying is where nothing really motivates you, nothing satisfies, nothing drives your life.
2: And I remember back when I wasn't serving God, back when my priorities weren't right, and there's been
1: seasons in my life when my priorities would just get out of whack. And you know, one thing, if anybody knows me, knows my past, knows what, what I've been through in my life, God I've got a real addictive personality, and you know whenever I do things, I kind of do things to an extreme one way or the other. so there was a time in my life when every the only thing that really motivated me was getting high. I couldn't wait to get home and get high I couldn't wait to get up every day and get high couldn't wait
2: to take a lunch break and go get high. in fact, it was one of the things that that I thought about throughout the day
1: it was it was the motivate it was the the thing that I sought after, the thing that I desired, the thing that that excited me. And why am I saying that? Listen, there's things in your life that you get so excited about. There's things in your life that you're so passionate about. But it's the things in your life that are turning your heart and pulling you away from the things of God. And so you've got to get to a place where there's one thing that you desire. There's one thing that you run after. There's one thing that you think about all day long. There's one thing that just drives you. Is it God? Is it a relationship with him? Is it his presence? Is it something about God?
2: Now, am I saying you're not supposed to have other desires or other feelings?
1: No, I'm not saying
2: that. But you know the things in your life that drive you and push you in pretty much of if that thing was
1: taken away from your life, you'd just be unmotivated and, and just out a loss. And you wouldn't know what to do. This is what we're talking about. Are you at a place in your life where if God exited your life, if the presence of God exited your life, if you never heard God's voice again, if you never felt the joy of the Lord or the, felt the peace of God, or you never had an encounter
2: with God again, if, if that disappeared from your life, are you at a place where you would feel like all hope is lost? And that's it. Because God is your all in all. Because God is truly your everything. Because he's the one. Listen, let's keep going.
1: One thing, verse 4, Have I desired of the Lord that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Now keep in mind, in, in David's day, they went to the temple. They went to the house of the Lord. They went into the Holy of Holies. They went to the places where God's presence was. It's not like God just showed up by his presence everywhere. Where people gathered that didn't happen like this now did God show up by the spirit? Yes, did God
2: send angels and miracles and things happen? Yes, do those things still happen today? Yes But they had to go to the house of the Lord if they wanted God's presence now, in like what manner
1: we go to church to have fellowship to worship God and get His presence. But listen, I just want to say this: you are the church, I am the church. You are the body of Christ. I am the body of Christ. And God doesn't dwell in temples made of human hands anymore. He dwells in the lives and the hearts of his people. His spirit lives inside of people. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells inside of your mortal body. Not one like, but the very same spirit. His name is the Holy Spirit. And he's a person. And he wants a relationship with you. And he wants to lead and guide your life. And he wants to overtake and and consume your life. Where he has the final say. And he has the greatest amount of input. And when it comes down to it, no matter what, how things are said and done, he gets the last word in and, and really he has his way every time. Now God is a loving father and he lets us go about our ways and do our things and make our choices and sometimes and most times we feel that.
2: We know what that causes or brings into our life or what it leaves us with. But you know it's one thing. They're talking about one thing. Then I may dwell in the
1: house of the Lord all the days, this is verse 4, of my life, and behold the beauty of the Lord. he said, look, I want to just hang out and see your beauty. I want to hang out. He says, and to inquire in his temple. I want to just find out what, I want to inquire about you, Lord. I'm just curious about you. I just want to know about you. I want to feel
2: your presence. I want to see your beauty. I want to dwell in your house. I want to seek after you.
1: Verse 5, for in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around. Therefore I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing sing praises to the Lord. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to offer sacrifices. I'm going to glorify his name because Why he's hiding me in a civilian in the secret place? Some versions say in the secret place of his presence. Look, God's hiding me, God's consuming me, He's covering me, He's drawing me in. David said, "Look, it doesn't matter. I'm here. I am a captain, a king, a warrior, and I've got wars and things going on around me, and people hate me, and everything that could go wrong is going wrong. But the only thing I can think about right now
2: is, Lord, I just want to be in Your presence. Lord, I just want to be with You." Verse 7, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy on me
1: and answer me. He says, when I cry out to you, Lord, answer me and have mercy on me. And then he begins in verse 8, listen, he says, when you said, Lord, Lord, when you said. Now keep in mind, David had an ear to hear what God said, he had a heart to listen to what God was saying. When God was talking, he was listening. We need to be like that. He says, when you
2: said seek my face. My heart said. My heart said, Does your heart say? Does your heart long? Something inside of your heart stir
1: up when you think about God? My heart said to you, Your face, Lord, I will see. Verse nine, do not hide your face from me, do not turn your servant away in anger, for you have been my help. Do not leave me or forsake me. O God of my salvation. When my mother and father forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. There's a word for somebody right there. Maybe you feel abandoned by your parents. Maybe you don't have any spiritual parents, any spiritual mentors in your life. Maybe there's no nurturing or or any upbringing in your life, and you feel forsaken. God wants to be your father. God wants to be your father, and he wants to send people in your life to help nurture and nourish you in the things of God. He wants to send people in your life to help admonish you. But listen, more than that, he wants to send the Holy Spirit to do those things. So when no one's around and nothing's going right, you're still receiving from God. You're still going forward in the things of God. And it's not dependent on this person or that person or this guy didn't pray for me or he didn't tell me uh, something not right today or this guy offended me or this person. Whatever happens, forget about all that. What does God say? And when it's all said and done, you're going to stand before him on your own, and and the people to the right and the left of you are not going to sit there or stand there and answer for you. You're not going to answer for them. You're going to answer for you, and I'm going to answer for me. So he says, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for a false witness would have risen against me and such as breathed out violence, I would have lost heart unless I had believed. Say, look, I would have fallen apart. I would have lost it. I would have
2: just given up right here unless I had believed. Unless I had believed. Do you believe? Do you believe? What did he believe? Verse 13. That I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living?
1: Are you a believer? Do you believe that you're going to see the goodness of the Lord? Do you believe that God's a good God and he wants to bless you? Do you believe that God has a good plan for your life? In the land of the living, listen. First he's sitting there talking about all this death and war and crazy stuff going on around him. And everybody hates him and his enemies and his adversaries and there's violence. And God, don't let me be forsaken. Now I say, now look, unless in the midst of all that I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, I would have just lost it. Just like many of us, we would have lost heart. But Verse 14, wait on the Lord. Wait on the
2: Lord and be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. What about him? One thing he, he desired in the house of the Lord. He, he said, look, I,
1: and we, we'll we get into this psalm probably tomorrow or, or Saturday or sometime. I didn't really go there tonight. I went into a different psalm instead that said kind of ties into it. But he said, look, I just want to be in your presence. I want to be in your house. I want to be where your glory is. I want to believe you for your goodness, Lord, and forget everything else. Let all the violent, wicked people, and all the things that they're doing, and all the ways that they're being, let them... Be that way. I'm going to believe. I'm going to choose God. I'm going to set my heart so that I don't lose heart. That's what he's saying here. No matter what's going on against me or around me, I'm going to look at you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everybody listening tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd help them to look at you and get their eyes on you and stay focused on you. I pray that you'd fill them with the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that you reveal your salvation. Reveal yourself as healer. Reveal yourself as deliverer to everybody listening. And, Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask your will be done, your kingdom count, in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Thank you for listening to Prayer International Radio. We'll be back again tomorrow night. We just bless you to say have a wonderful night, in Jesus' name.